Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you out there. This is That Time When, the comedy history podcast where each week we tell you about some strange things that happen in history. I'm your host for this week, Barnaby King, and joining me as ever is my co-host, Amelia Edwards. Hi. Hello, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm winding down over the festive season. Yes, indeed. We are now past Christmas, although technically this is still one of our Christmas episodes. That's true. And now you are tired. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to hide it. Well, it's okay. You can have a bit of time to rest because it's only... Well, we've we've got another year before we have to worry about trolls coming down from the hills in order to steal our stuff and eat our children. We never have to worry about that here. We're in Norfolk. There are no hills. Oh, fair enough. The well, trolls can't come down them. They can commute. <laughs> I'm sure there are... Well, there, there you can get some train carriages. <laughs> the trolls can lie down inside them because they're probably too big to stand in them. Yeah, but where are they commuting from? Um, Peterborough. <laughs> Which is also flat. <laughs> they can commute further. People commute from here to London. That's a two-hour train drive. But London's also flat, I'm just saying. Oh, I, okay, but I'm just saying that distance is not so much of a problem. If that troll wants to come here, they will. Okay, well, I'll allow the trolls to come here. That's absolutely 100% fine. All I'm saying is that I'm not particularly worried about trolls coming down from the hills because the nearest mountains to us are like, I don't know... Somewhere in the Midlands? (laughs) Yeah, I have no idea. Let's think about Norfolk being very flat. It's famous for it. Yeah. But maybe you should be worried, because what if you come down one day and all your spoons have been licked? Oh, gross. Yeah. Or your yoghurt has been stolen. I don't think we've got any yoghurt at the moment, actually. Well, no, we've just come back from visiting our family and... Mm. Didn't want to leave stuff that could spoil. All right. um, Maybe we should have left it for the trolls. They could have stolen the yogurt. Well, possibly. Okay, so I should probably talk about why I'm going on about trolls, because quite frankly, our listeners are probably quite confused. Oh, could be. I don't know. It's after Christmas. They might all still be slightly drunk or hungover. I mean, that's true. That's true. And hopefully they will not have incurred the wrath of the particular trolls I am going to talk about this week. They haven't come down to some soggy spoons and been like, what? (laughs) Why is this? Why is this so gross? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this week I am going to talk about Iceland. Yay! Uh, That's a long commute. Yes, indeed. And particularly the Icelandic Christmas folklore of Grilla, Lepaludi, and the Yule Lads. Sorry, the Yule Lads. The Yule Lads. Oh, and uh, the Yule Cat, before I forget. Oh, nice. Um, okay, so are the Yule Lads like our historic lads? Are they like Lads, Lads, Lads? Um, I mean, a little bit. They okay. are They are dicks. Okay. So. <laughs> oh, that's not the definition of a lad that we've established, though. I'm, yeah, but if you're a bit lads, 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 then you're usually a bit of a dick. True. But, like, do they like going out on the lash all night and picking up birds? Is that, like, their thing? Not quite. Okay. Not quite. So this is actually a an Icelandic tradition that exists to this day. Okay. Um, There are people who kind of have a job playing at being these Yule lads in Iceland and making sort of public appearances. Or you can go and visit them at their cave. Okay. Why would you want that? All you've told me so far is that they lick your spoons and steal your yoghurt. So, like, do you have to take a gift of yoghurt to their caves? Or do they do they come round and break into your house and lick your spoons? Which, thinking about it, is, like, the most... Um, 
a salad fingers thing I've ever heard. It is, yes. And it's also really not good in the times of COVID. No. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this is because while we here in Britain and in many parts of the world have but one Father Christmas or Santa Claus, mm-hmm. Iceland has 13 in the form of these <laughs> Yule lads. That seems greedy, Iceland. Well... The thing is that while frequently modern tellings of the story have the Yule Lads basically being stand-ins for Father Christmas, mm-hmm. their original purpose is sinister. Okay. And also quite practical. <laughs> okay. Because this is the thing with Iceland. Like, historically, living there is not easy. I wouldn't have thought so, no. No. So you have to, you know, make sure everyone is behaving in the right ways and you've got to make sure everyone's stocked up when winter comes along. Mm -hmm. Because, frankly, when it comes to winter in Iceland, you've got about four hours of daylight. Wait, are you saying that the way to make sure that everybody stocks up their food properly in preparation for winter is through um, supernatural threats? Yes, absolutely. Why? Well, I mean, to be fair, we kind of have these sorts of things in this country and in many other countries. If you go back in history, tales of supernatural creatures or superstitions, you don't step on the cracks because Mm. bears will come and eat you. That's that's true, but I think that's A.A. Mill who made that one up. I know, but in a way, it's a similar sort of story with the Yule Lads here. Yeah, okay. So... Like a lot of uh, Icelandic history and Scandinavian history in general, particularly when we talk about the Vikings, we don't have a lot of accurate sources for the early tellings of these stories. Okay. Because the Vikings, by and large, had an oral tradition, so they just kind of told their stories without writing anything down. It makes sense. It's only much later that we get sort of codified ideas about these stories, and we get kind of the canonical version. Mm. So though I've already mentioned there are 13 Yule Lads, we can, uh, at a pinch, look through history and see 82 separate Yule Lads. <laughs> Not all God. at once, but in different places. Oh, okay. So these are like distinct from each other. Right, right. Okay, so like if you're in the north of the island, you maybe have 13 Yule Lads and then the south has a different 13. Oh, a different 13 or nine or right, five. Right, And also it's found elsewhere as well. Um well, across Scandinavia. Across Scandinavia. Okay. But it is it is most commonly found in Iceland. And it survived there largely because, well, the history of the Christianization of the Vikings, it's a bit difficult when it comes to Iceland because the uh, the Christian cultures kind of just sort of... They didn't leave Iceland alone, mm. but they just kind of said, hey, will you be Christian? <laughs> and Icelanders took a vote and was like, yeah, we'll be Christian because then we can like trade with other people and the sure. Christian lands. But at the same time, we're going to keep, you know, practicing our old religions privately. Okay, yeah, fine. So there's a lot of crossover and stuff that kind of stuck more than in other Scandinavian cultures. Okay, so they didn't have like, like we had St. Augustine and all of that kind of thing, like Mm. people come over and then basically slowly bully you into getting more Christian. They didn't really have those people. No, Iceland was very practical about it. Right. They were just kind of like, hey, it looks like Christianity has taken off in a real big way. We don't want to be left out. Sure. Should we all be become Christian and they took a vote and it was in favour so they officially were like we're Christian now okay and And they were like but we're still all going to believe in like 
spirits and elves and trolls and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Sure. Cool. And keep all their various gods themselves. Nice. All right. It's kind of cool, really. And... It's just that practical mindset that you probably need if you're living in an inhospitable place like Iceland. Yeah, and they're still like, oh, but like the Christian God isn't going to help us out on this situation. So we're going to need to keep that Viking God. Absolutely. So I've already mentioned the Yule Lads, and that is one of our primary focuses. Mm -hmm. Um, But the story of the Yule Lads starts with their mother, a giantess by the name of Grilla. Okay. Now, Grilla is first mentioned in the prose Edda by Snorri Sturluson, which I know it's a great name. I know I've heard the name before, <laughs> but Snorri always gets me because it sounds like one of the dwarves out of um, Snow White. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Terry Pratchett uses the name a lot as well. I think well he does, yeah. I think he does Snorri Snorrison sometimes. Yes, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he does. Because it's such a good name. It is a great name. But uh, Snorri Stelson was a writer who kind of put together... It's It's considered one of the earliest instances of like... Uh, Viking mythology okay. and folklore and everything like that. And I actually wrote it down. Yeah. Um, so Grilla first appears in the Prose Edda as just kind of a random giantess. Cool. It's only later on, uh, by about the 17th century, when the poem of Grilla appears and she gets more of a starring role. Nice. And she is a monstrous, hideous hunchback troll who is the mother of the Yule Lads. <laughs> okay. And has her husband, uh, Lepaludi. Right. And her cat, known as the Yule Cat, or to give it its proper name, Yolakaturin. Yolakaturin. Yes. Nice. I'm doing these pronunciations as best I can, but Icelandic is not an easy <laughs> yeah. language to pronounce if you don't know it. As so. we all learned from um, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty back oh, in yes, the day. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> when he's like trying to pronounce that volcano. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. no one's saying that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so in these original poems, uh, they're kind of the earliest codified form of the story of Grilla and the Yule Lads. Mm -hmm. And these are, as I mentioned earlier, they are effectively stories to make children behave. (laughs) Okay, is this like the scissor man or something like that? Very much so. Where it's like, don't suck your thumb or the scissor man will come and snip them off. Exactly. And it, it follows that sort of style where, you know, it's a little bit horrific. Yeah, I love those types of stories. They are great. And to be honest, it's very practical because, as I said, Iceland in winter, you've got four hours of daylight. Yeah. Everyone's cooped up. You need to have a way for the kids to behave themselves because otherwise (laughs) they'll be annoying little shits just kind of cooped up because you know it's dark out and when it's dark out it's cold and it's dangerous you don't want them wandering out just because they're bored or they've had a scrabble like they've had a problem with their siblings exactly and this is very much of the school of thought of rather than you know keep them entertained Mm -hmm. it's just make them so afraid that they'll stay inside (laughs) love it go for it why not So, I'll talk about the Yule Lads first, because, to be honest, even though I've said they are sinister, they are kind of the least horrifying part of this whole tale. Great, okay. So, the Yule Lads uh, are 13 of them, as I said, Mm -hmm. and they arrive one on each day leading up to 
Christmas. Lovely. Okay, so it's like a really sad advent calendar. It really is, yes. Okay. The first one arrives on the 12th of December. Uh-huh. Uh, and the last one arrives on the 24th. They actually stick around for a couple of weeks. What? So the first one arrives on the 12th of December and departs on the 25th. Okay. The last one arrives on the 24th of December and leaves January 6th. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That's um, epiphany, isn't it? It is, yes, absolutely. Okay. So you can already see that even though this is based in that uh, that Norse culture, yeah. there's definitely Christianization coming in, which is obvious because at this point, you know, it is Christian. Yeah. All the writing is from Christians. They've been Christian for many hundreds of years at this point. But to be fair, all Christmas traditions are pagan things that oh, have been molded around Christianity. So that's all yeah, good. It's, it's always just molded around together. Yeah. Um, So these original poems, and though the first mention is in the 17th century, the 18th and 19th century is when they first sort of become properly like, this is the canonical number and the canonical Yule Lads. I get that. That was a time when a lot of people were really interested in like folk tales generally. So I could imagine that Iceland probably had their equivalent of like the Grimm brothers. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty much. Yeah. They have some uh, poets, uh, the main two that are kind of important for this story are Jon Arneson and Johannes Urkotlum. Nice. I'm going to talk about Arneson and pretend that he's the only one because I'm not going to be able to consistently pronounce <laughs> Urkotlum. That's fair enough. I'm I'm not really going to mention them that much, although Good. I am going to talk a little bit of the uh, poem uh, by Johannes Urkotlum. What's it uh, called? Uh, well, it's called Jolas Vajnanil. Great. And it roughly translates as like Father Christmas or Santa Claus is. Thank God. Okay, let's let's stick with that. It's a rough translation. <laughs> it's more colloquial than literal. Sure. But uh, he lists the thirteen Yule lads and talks of their mother. Okay. So I thought we'd go through them here. Okay. So that you know what to look out for. Uh, when these mischievous Yule lads come a-calling. Okay, all right. The main thing that they do is uh, that they essentially judge children. (laughs) All of these figures judge children. Of course, yes. And They know when you're sleeping, they know when you're awake. (laughs) I mean, they kind of do. What you have to do is you have to leave a shoe on a windowsill for them. Nice. Very Father Christmas. Yep. Yep. And if you've been good, Mm -hmm. they will give you a toy or some food or something in your shoe. Okay. And if you've been bad, they leave a rotten potato. Oh. And then continue to cause pranks and mischief. Right. Okay, so like, does this start on the twelfth? Then do you yes. start putting out your stocking, your your little shoe on the twelfth? Yes. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So I you... kind of like that because then you've got the opportunity to be like, you've been bad, and then like, yeah. you've improved your behavior. Well done, child. Instead yeah. of it just being like, you get coal on Christmas, and that's yeah. it, ruined. Pretty much. The only problem with that is that, as I said, the Yule lads stick around. So I don't True. know if. Once you start behaving better, the original Yule lads stop doing their pranks. Who knows? But I kind of love the idea that there are just like, there are probably like Icelandic grown-ups who go around messing about so that they can do this. Oh, absolutely. Like um, the parents who go a little bit too far with Elf on the Shelf. Yeah. Well, in modern day, um, in modern day occurrences of this, parents tend to not leave a rotten potato, but Mm. just a raw potato. Yeah, sure. Because you don't actually want a rotten potato in your house. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> so the first Yule lad to arrive on the 12th of December, mm-hmm. and I'm going to just go with the English names because there's some really hard Icelandic names to say. Mm-hmm. The first one is known as Sheepcoat Clod. Oh, cute. Okay. He harasses sheep. Oh, no. He goes up to them and sucks milk directly from the teat. <laughs> Ew, all right. Yep. Um, but Are we sure he's not some kind of hedgehog? <laughs> well, I don't know about this because he does also have two peg legs. Okay. So he, he gets around. It's a bit difficult for him to get around, but presumably that just makes things worse for the sheep. I would think so, yeah. And then, of course, you won't have delicious sheep milk. Right, Okay. So this is where that sort of behaviour thing comes in. Oh, okay. So your parents is... are like, there's not enough sheep milk for you this year. And they exactly. drink all the sheep milk in front of you. That was like, there's not enough because you were naughty. Yes. So sheep coat Clodera arrived okay. and has been milking all our sheep. All right. Love it. Yes. The next lad to arrive on the 13th of December is known as Gully Gork. Sure, okay. He hides in gullies. Okay. And he waits for an opportunity when the cow shed isn't being looked at. Uh, there's a thing in the poem where it's like when some maid is uh, has her eye on the cow herd instead. Right. Which, I mean, I, d- I don't feel that's the kid's responsibility, but... No, no. <laughs> Um, but Gully Gork will hide in the gullies, wait until the cow shed is clear, and then go in and steal milk. Okay, yeah. There's a lot of theft of dairy products in these because, you know, that was one of the main food sources. Yeah, it's like that's one of the main things that witches used to get accused of in the 1600s is yeah. like um, turning the milk sour. Absolutely. Because it's such a pain to try and get dairy products to turn into cheese at a time when you don't have proper sterilization processes. Yeah, plus this is Iceland where your dairy products are probably going to make up a lot of your diet. Understandable. <laughs> so the third Yule lad to arrive is known simply as Stubby. Ah. He is abnormally short. But is that abnormally short for a troll or abnormally short? Um, I imagine he is abnormally short... For a human, let okay. alone for a troll. Oh, right, right, right. Um, which is pretty good for him, actually, because he's got to creep into the house mm-hmm. in order to steal your pans and eat the pie crust that's left on them. <laughs> he then doesn't give the pans back, it seems. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who's leaving crusty pans around? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> like, maybe this is like one of those things where you just kind of like it, like how you really like um, pizza crusts. Mm. So maybe it's like you don't get this extra treat. Or it could also be make sure you eat all of your pie, because oh, otherwise, otherwise Stubby's going to come in and, and steal, steal the, the pans. Pan. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Next day, we have Spoon Licker who arrives. <laughs> okay. This is the one I've been least, on, least happy about. Yeah. Honest. He comes in and licks the wooden spoons or sometimes steals the spoons. Right. Um, he's very thin because that's all he gets to eat. Aww. Yeah. So, in a way, you feel like you should leave something out for him. Yeah, that's really sad. <laughs> it's like it's like spoon liquor. Don't bother with the spoons. Look, here's here's a bowl of here's a bowl of milk for you. Is this some great punishment for your naughty children though? Where you're like, ah, you were naughty. We know it. So spoon liquor's going to be licking the spoons. You're going to have to wash them every single morning. Yeah. Almost certainly. Yeah, that would that would be a great punishment for kids, actually. Just make them wash perfectly clean spoons yeah. every morning. Yeah. Uh, next, we have Pot Scraper. Okay. Who, as his name suggests, comes in and scrapes your pots clean. Okay. Useful. I know, right? Like, some of these are actually kind of 
this is actually some handy work going on here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like removing... Do you want your kids to be really naughty on what day is this? <laughs> this is the 16th of December. Okay, I want my kids to be naughty on the 15th of December. So yeah. this guy will come clean my pots for me. <laughs> That'd be useful. That's my brother's birthday, actually. Oh, right. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> is he no, is, does he scrape pots clean? No, but he can be naughty, so... Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Next day, we have Bowl Licker. Okay. Who hides under beds. Oh. Waiting for people to put down their bowls underneath, because it was an area known for storing certain bowls. And he then steals them. Okay. And licks them somewhere, presumably, and doesn't give them back. Again, they're, they're mischievous, but at the time, it really is... It this would be seems quite... like it would be more of an inconvenience for, like, the housekeeper, whichever parent that is, you know? Like, you're losing a lot of your crockery here. I suppose, but the thing is, like, as I said, this is Iceland where resources are somewhat scarce. Yeah. So if this did actually happen, it would be more of a setback than, say, here at that same period of time. Sure, okay, that makes sense, because, like, we'd just get frustrated and have to go and buy more. Yeah, whereas this is, like how are we going to serve the food or yeah. like yeah <laughs> like no christmas puddings yeah next we have one who uh is not actually stealing something Ooh. but he is being incredibly annoying i think he's one of the most annoying okay he's door slammer oh no <laughs> he waits until people are going to bed yeah and when you're just about going off to sleep he will slam doors to wake everyone up Oh my god, that is frustrating. Absolutely, right? Do you think that's like some kind of explanation for that effect when it starts to get windy outside uh, and everything yeah. like and and any kind of uh, draft can slam doors for you? Yeah, that would make sense. And that would be really handy if you're a parent trying to like do, do these things to get your kids to behave. Because yeah. at that point, you don't need to do anything. No. You don't need to construct some elaborate costume. <laughs> it's just going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next night, this is the 19th of December, we have Skier Gobbler. Cool. Uh, the gobble Skier? Yes, indeed he does. And Skier is a particular sort of Icelandic yoghurt. Yeah, that started getting advertised in the UK like a few years ago. Yeah, it did. It became really big for a while. And they were like, still is. it's so proteiny. Yeah, well... Regardless of that, <laughs> again, it's a dairy product. Yep. It's pretty good for uh, for your diet if yep. you're an Icelander at this time. But Skier Gobbler's going to steal it. Oh no, not the Skier. <laughs> Indeed. And then next we have Sausage Swiper. Oh no. Oh, that would be particularly upsetting, I think. Yeah. He hides in the rafters of your house mm-hmm. and waits until sausages are put up there to be smoked sure. and then steals them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next... This one is the creepiest, okay. I think, because this one is known as Window Peeper. Oh, yes. Okay. He looks on through the window, and if he sees anything that he wants to steal, he will break in and steal it. Right. So, kind of the most normal. Yeah. In terms of like, that's just a thief. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's like. My mum's got a sort of superstition that people will be able to see the Christmas presents in right, her house. So yeah. she won't ever put them out before, like, really close to the day. I see. Um, yeah. I think because of this kind of thing. Of course, our Christmas tree's in the back room and people would have to actually be in the garden I mean, for this to happen. But never mind. Yeah. Like, I think it's a it's a normal thing to get a bit worried about. Yeah. But I think uh, of all the Yule Lads, Window Peeper is probably the scariest just because, like, all the Yule Lads are described as, like, they are 
are trolls they Mm -hmm. are hideous to look at and just the idea of just like in the corner of the window just this horrible face peering in at you i don't know i don't like the ones that are hiding in the rafters of your actual house that is true there the whole time that is pretty bad yeah (laughs) um well let's see how you feel about the next one we're nearly at christmas so this is the 22nd of december uh and this is doorway sniffer Oh, all right. Yes. What's up with what's wrong with my doorways? Excuse me. <laughs> well, he's not really sniffing for the doorways. Okay. He's sniffing at your doorway. Okay. He has an abnormally large nose and a very good sense of smell. Right. And what he's doing is trying to locate your Lauferbrot, which is your leaf bread. What's my leaf bread? Leaf bread is a kind of very thin fried bread. Okay. It's like a sort of pastry treat. Okay. And it's called leaf bread because it's usually cut and decorated to look like either a leaf or a snowflake. It's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, that sounds delicious. We'll try and make that. I mean, traditionally, you do have to fry it in a big old vat of lamb fat. Tight, okay. I'm not keen on. No, 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 that's okay. (laughs) We could do goose fat instead, like... Or something more vegetarian, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, second to last Yule Lad, we have Meat Hook. Ooh. All right. Who actually is not as sinister as he sounds. He sounds pretty sinister. He sounds like one of those serial killers. Yeah, he's just called that because he uses a hook to steal meat. Oh, okay. So, sounds worse than he... Well, I mean, it, it's still pretty bad. Does cause... he ever get into, like, a fight with the sausage swiping one? Um, oh, good question. You imagine they would do, wouldn't he? Yeah. Or is he like, he specifically takes larger cuts of meat and then the sausage swiper swipes smoked sausages specifically? Yeah, I think the sausage swiper is specifically after the sausages. Meat Hook will just take any meat. All right. He's less discerning than his his refined brother, sausage swiper. (laughs) Oh my, how fancy. (laughs) And the final Yule Lad we have is Candle Stealer. Who right. follows children in order to steal their candles, which is... That's horrifying, actually. It's like, horrifying. If, if you're thinking, like, even here it gets dark at three, right? Yeah. So, I'm assuming in Iceland they have even shorter days during the winter time. As I said, four hours of daylight. Four hours of daylight. So, you've got these kids with their little candles, mm-hmm. and then they're like, no light for you. And then they have to wander around in the dark until they find another one. That's awful. Yeah, and you're not going to get that candle back because he's probably going to eat it because yeah. it's made of tallow. Sure. so those are our 13 yule lads and remember if you behave if you're a good child then they won't cause you any bother they'll give you toys or food or anything like that oh but what if one of your what if one of your siblings misbehaves though that would be frustrating it would be and yeah i could imagine being really annoyed with that because you have to monitor not only your behavior but your siblings behavior as well yeah i've got a younger brother as well <laughs> i could imagine him like messing about at christmas time and i'd just be like stop it i yeah. want to keep my pie crusts but more sinister than the yule lads are their parents and the family cat <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I know, I know that cats can be really scary, especially in like fairy tales. <laughs> but it's just you being like, oh, the family cat. Yep. Mal. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, should we talk about the cat first then? Yes. So the Yule cat, or Yule Koturin, is an enormous cat who lurks around the Icelandic countryside. Okay, do they like send reports of him into local newspapers and be like, I saw the big cat? 
And everyone was like, it turns out to be a regular cat. Well, I don't think it's a regular cat because it seems this one talks. Okay, that's unusual, sure. Because he will come upon travellers and ask them if they have any new clothes. Right. If they have any new clothes, then the Yule Cat will go on its merry way. Right. If they don't have any new clothes to show it, the Yule Cat will eat them. Oh my god. And this is kind of, this is more of part of the tale for adults. Yeah. Because what it's basically doing is being like, farmers, make sure the wool is ready and has been prepared so yeah. that then you can make clothes because it's going to get cold and people are going to die. That makes sense. Okay, so everyone has to have new clothes at Christmas time yeah. so that no one's neglecting their family members and kids exactly. and they're not going out into the wilderness and freezing to death. Exactly. Oh, God. Or, to put it in the more folklore ways, so the Yule Cat doesn't need them. So the Yule Cat doesn't need them. Okay. So, we'll go back to the parents, Grilla and Lepaludi. Mm -hmm. Now, Lepaludi, the father, he's kind of a waste of space. (laughs) Right. He doesn't leave the cave. He just sits about being really lazy. Why is this some Icelandic mythological sitcom? (laughs) It really is. Everybody loves (laughs) Lepaludi. Well... (laughs) <laughs> it really is because he sends his wife or she goes out of her own accord. It's hard to tell. Yeah. And she will come upon families in the guise of a hideous, deformed beggar. Yeah. And she will go up to families and ask uh, parents of disobedient children if they would like her to take their child away. Oh, my God. Okay. Now, the parents can placate Grilla by giving her some food mm-hmm. uh, and getting her to go away that way. Or they can go, yeah, this little shit's really annoying me. Take him. Wow. And Grilla will take away the child in her sack to go back to the cave. Now, what she's going to do is boil them up in a stew that she and her husband will eat. Wow. However, it is also possible that Grilla will get hungry on the way home and just kind of reach into the sack, take out a child and just eat it on the way like a little travel suite. That's bad parenting. If if your child's misbehaving that much, it's not their fault. I mean, it's very Babadook. Yeah. (laughs) Why won't you just behave? Why can't you be a normal child? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. This is kind of the um the proto Babadook. Okay, great. So your child with some kind of uh, developmental issue. Yeah. (laughs) Let's just send them to get eaten. Yeah, pretty much. Great. So that's the folklore surrounding the Yule Lad, Grilla Lepaludi, and the Yule Cat. Mm-hmm. Um, one last thing to note, that these were really widely used. Okay. And earlier on, as I say, modern tellings of them have kind of sanitised them a bit, made them a bit friendlier. The Yule Lads are just 13 Father Christmases. Right. Even though they keep their original names, which yeah. is just hilarious. That's great. So they just turn up give you a present or a potato and go away again. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is that when in their original tellings, when we're looking at the 17th century, they became such figures of terror and horror that they were actually banned. 
Iceland. Really? Yeah. So at the time, Iceland was under the control of the Kingdom of Denmark. Yeah. And the Danish king, who uh, was King Christian VI of Denmark, nice. he was a particularly pious man, as you could probably tell from the fact that he's called Christian. <laughs> no, that's just that's just typical though, I isn't know, it? That's I very know. Danish. It is indeed. Um, he basically saw that... Icelandic people were terrorizing their children. Right. And he was like, you are terrorizing them with this pagan, yeah. these pagan stories. So in 1746, it was actually one of the last things he did in his reign uh, before he died was to ban stories, particularly of Grilla. Right. But I think that included the Yule Lads as well. Oh my and it God. was only uh, probably about a little under 100 years later that the story started becoming popular again mm. when poems started being told. Okay. Like, this sounds like one of those things where, like, some conquering country does something kind of well-meaning, but also completely trashing your sense of identity as a country yeah. of your own, you yeah, know? pretty like, much. Like, a lot of stuff the British Empire did yeah. was well-meaning, but also probably not okay. <laughs> yeah. But obviously, nowadays, Iceland has had a big boom in reclaiming its old traditions. And as I said, you can go to Iceland and you can meet the Yule Lads at Christmas time in their cave. Great. Um, I actually, I watched uh, recently the Christmas edition of Travel Man on the BBC okay. with Joe Lycett and Bill Bailey going to Iceland. Yeah. And meeting the Yule Lads in their cave. Oh, and amazing. It's fantastic. Bill Bailey plays the guitar with them. Oh, cute. Yeah, it's really cute. That's so nice. if you want something cute to sort of finish out this year with, then I suggest going and having a look at that because it's great fun. Mm. And thank you for listening to that episode of That Time When. You can follow us on Twitter at That Time When 4, and you can suggest any episodes to us at ttwpod at gmail.com. Uh, now that Spotify has got a review system, if you're listening mm. to us on Spotify, could you give us a rating? That would be amazing and give us like a little boost. A five star review, please. <laughs> yeah, nothing else. Piss off if you're trying to give us four. Yeah, absolutely. I know you think it's more realistic, but don't. Don't do it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so rude. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, thank you as always to Kevin McLeod for our theme song, Anachronist, as well as any other music that Barnaby has used on the pod. And thank you for listening. Now go out, invest in eels, and scrape your pots clean. (laughs) Bye!